So welcome everyone again to another edition of Troy Talks uh, podcast. I want to uh, welcome my special guest. I'm excited about uh, uh, this uh, special guest uh, and she has an extensive bio. um, So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, but I want to uh, thank everybody that's listening in. Make sure uh, this podcast, when you hear it, make sure you share it. Make sure you uh, let your friends and relatives know about it. So I appreciate everybody listening in. But this particular, uh, my particular guest is was born and raised in Macomb, Mississippi. Uh, in uh, her early teen years, she fell in love with her high school sweetheart. Uh, being, uh, I didn't want to sell the names. Um, she's been married over 25 years. They have five beautiful uh, adult children and five amazing grandchildren. Uh, she is uh, was raised by a paternal uh, grandmother in a very strict Christian household. Uh, she had a, heard a life-changing message in um, 2002 and decided to dedicate her life uh, to Jesus Christ uh, in uh, 04, doing praise and worship. She received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, and it really changed her life. Uh, she is now, uh, her and her uh, husband, they started in 2010, uh, they started uh, evangelism and di- discipleship. They moved to uh, Texas from England. Uh, but uh, let me bring you up to the, because I want her to talk about her story and where she came from. Uh, but let me tell you a little bit of, a little, what, a little bit more uh, uh, that I know about her. Uh, she is a John Maxwell or Maxwell Leadership uh, Certified Coach, Speaker, and Trainer. Uh, she currently re- resides in uh uh, Colleen, Texas. She, her, and her husband have a, a, a ministry, a women's ministry. Uh, they're just doing so much. So I want to present to others and introduce to some uh, Laquita Munley. Laquita, thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, joining me on the podcast. Uh, Laquita, um, I heard somebody say um, on uh, my LinkedIn Live. I don't know if you see my LinkedIn Live uh, from Saturday, but. Uh, the 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 person I was interviewing, she said a friend says, "Oh, you got a long, re- you got a, a very long resume." And every time she do something, she said, "You can add that." So same with you, Laquita. You got a long resume. You can add something uh, about that. So let me ask you this: Yes, tell us something that's not in your bio that we don't uh, know. They okay. So what's not in my bio is I'll give you a couple of things. One, I have. A uh, book coming out June the 4th. Um, and it's my first solo book project. So, and it'll be out on Amazon and all major book, you know, book retailers. It's called Redefining Success. It's uh, snippets from my life. And in this book, I give you eight tools that I've used uh, over the years to develop a growth mindset. So that's one thing. Also, um, on June the 4th, I will be receiving an honorary doctorate from TIUA um, University uh, in in Atlanta. So pretty excited about that. And let's see a funny thing in my bio that's not in my bio. I love Marvel. (laughs) I absolutely love Marvel. And that's what I asked for my children to get me for Mother's Day. I didn't care about going out to eat or anything like that. Don't give me a gift. I needed to see the new Doctor Strange. And I wanted to be there on the day that it previewed. And so they blessed their mom with the Doctor Strange tickets. What What is it about Marvel? What is it that, that attracts you about Marvel? So you know, I'm the only girl. 
Okay. I grew up in the house of boys. And so a lot of things that I like really just go back to my childhood, the whole superhero thing. Okay. Um, and it, the stories behind it, not so much the, the character's origin stories appeal to me, but Marvel deals with a lot of things like in the, in the multiverse or in the supernatural realm and things like that just, it just interests me. And it gives me the ability to tap out of my reality and step into a whole nother uh, space that is a fun space for me. It's interesting. I like to now I like to think about what the characters are going to do and just different things of that nature. The same way I like reading books. Okay. It's all about stepping into the space of the character. Okay. So well let me ask you this. When you when you when you're checking out Marvel if you're watching a movie or a show do you look for lessons that you could take and learn to maybe share speaking or teaching or anything like that? And it, it just, and it happens organically. So okay. a lot of times when I'm watching it, it even references my mind reference back to uh, certain parables or different spiritual principles. Okay. It's like, it's like an automatic thing that happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It gives, cause it's good. It gives you sometimes great life lessons and it, it makes what I'm teaching, whether it's whether I'm uh, ministering to someone or even if I'm trying to teach uh, active listening or conflict resolution or whatever it is that I'm teaching or speaking on, people like relatable examples. And um, I, oftentimes I use those as examples. So what is one thing that you have, what, what, one is, what is one of the biggest things or principles that you have learned from Marvel? One of the biggest principles that I've learned from Marvel is um, linear thinking does not benefit anybody. Okay. Uh, though the characters within Marvel, they have to, whether it's the villain, uh, the antagonist or the protagonist, they're consistently thinking outside of the box of the major characters are consistently thinking outside of the box at the possibilities okay. of something that could happen there. You know, it's not hard for them to conceive that there's another realm outside of our realm. Okay. Okay. And constantly, you know, developing things in, in order to get into that realm or tap into that realm or understand that realm or uh, even doing developing um, things for the betterment of their particular universe. It's all about um, your thinking not being linear, but just being open to amazing possibilities. So do you think most people think linear? They, they don't really try to think outside of the box? Unfortunately, the answer is yes. Um, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, um, linear thinking keeps us in a box. And most people tend to think and um, think, respond, behave according to the culture mm -hmm. that they grew up in or the culture that they've developed within their adult life. Like they don't try to move outside of what's their norm or what they think is comfortable. And a lot of times when they're presented with things that are different, mm -hmm. they think, oh no, that's not right. No, it's different, not wrong. It's, it's just different. So let's talk about, this kind of moves me into, uh, <laughs> the, you call it the eight tools of the mindset? Yep, eight tools that I, uh, that I use to develop a growth mindset. Growth mindset. Yes. So let's discuss these. This is her, everyone, this is her new book. Uh, 
Uh, so let's discuss these eight. Are they tools? Are they principles uh, to develop? I like, I like to call them tools. You can think of them as principles as well. I, I like to call them tools uh, simply because it relates back to my podcast and the toolbox. But it can be it, you can look at them as principles. Yes. So let's talk about these, and then I'm going. I'm going to pick these. I'm going to you know ask more questions about. So first of all, do you do you can you list them now? Because I know it's coming out in uh, in, in the book. So how about this? How about a deal? I'll list some of them, but not all of them. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> so, and we'll start with, with uh, tool number one. Okay. Tool number one is the importance of knowing who you are. Okay. And that to me is absolutely um, imperative. I don't care what you're doing in life, whether you're W-2, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, whether you're an entrepreneur, um, whatever it is that you do. Everything about our life hinges on our identity. And when we don't know who we are, we're often pursuing after things as a way to um, justify to ourselves and prove to others that I'm valuable. But when I know who I am, I don't have to prove that worth. My self-worth is firmly intact. And the things that I do in my life, whether it's fun, things I'm doing for fun are things that I'm doing, you know, career-wise, they are related and they're connected in some type of way to my core values. And I don't need outside people to put their seal of approval on what it is that I'm doing or choosing not to do. So I, my, when you have your identity in place, and that's, to me, that is one of the most significant pillars to uh, crafting out what you've determined success to be. So why do you think people are, uh, they're not aware of their identity? What do you think causes them not to be aware of their identity? Most of the time, because we never ask the question. Most of the time, it's because we never ask the question. Most of us, we get a picture of what we think we want to do when we're younger, mm -hmm. or we're told what we're going to do, you know? we base what we deem success to be off of somebody else's ideals of what it is life should be like as an adult, you know, and we begin to pursue that. So as a child growing up, when you, when you're crafting out, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? That's the question adults ask kids all the time. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? What do you want to be? And then depending upon that environment that you were raised in, everybody who, was trying to help you become a successful individual was freely giving their advice as to what success looked like. So you're getting that input from the environment you're raised in, from the music you listen to, the TV shows that you watch, the movies that you watch, um, the places that you go. All these outside influences are coming together to help a person say, okay, this is what success looks like. And this is who I'm going to be so that I can be the successful person, right? Some of us along the way eventually ask ourselves that hard question. What is success? What do I really want to do? I know this is what I've been told. I know this is what, you know, the American dream quote looks like, you know, the success story looks like, but what is it that I want? And how does that, you know, and when I determine that, that really begins, um, that journey of understanding my purpose, that, that journey of finding out my identity, why am I here? What am I created to do? 
And when I do that, then mapping out the process to get there becomes a lot easier. Now, you, you, you said something in your, in your response to this, and you mentioned something, because uh, I could stay on this uh, for a few hours. <laughs> it's one of but, my favorite topics, too. Right. <laughs> but you mentioned music, television, mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. What do you see today in the 21st century that's out of these things you, you, you named are... Uh, are causing people to have the influence by their identity by these. What are what are some trends or or, or things that you're seeing that uh, and it could be negative or positive. That's a good question. <laughs> I got I'm a lot questioning. of opinions on that, Troy. I have a lot. Of That's what I want. I want you. To, this, is, this is time to get your opinion. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start my answer off by prefacing the fact that my viewpoint comes from a Christian viewpoint. So those of you who may not share that viewpoint, I'm not going to apologize for my viewpoint. I'm simply going to say it's not meant to offend. It's simply my viewpoint based off of my Judeo-Christian views, right? So um, everything, Troy, everything, it's like, you know, right is wrong and wrong is right. And everybody has their truth. Mm -hmm. And whatever their truth is, you're living your most authentic self through your truth and that no one should be able to tell you that your truth is not relevant. Now, with that being said, there is a degree of validity to that. Mm -hmm. However, when that person's truth begins to infringe upon the rights of other people's truths, then we got a problem. Give me an example. So. Um, how controversial can I be? Let's see. So as, as I'm, I'm going there because because we, we, we <laughs> see, I ain't even gonna have time to really cover this. We, we may have to have a part two to this. Okay, okay, okay. But 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 so now we got going on. We got so we have so many. Like you said, it's some truth to um my truth. Mm -hmm. But if we're gonna be <laughs> Christian, Judeo-Christians, mm -hmm. we have to stand on the word of God. We have to stand on the word, right. So if a person's truth conflicts with the word of God, word of God. then and it becomes their truth and not the true word of the God. The truth, exactly. So, so we have exactly. abortion, mm -hmm. we have um, uh, the uh, homosexuality, mm -hmm. we have all these particular uh, uh, things mm -hmm. that uh, uh, people are, are are identifying themselves or right. their truth. Right. And so, again, you know, I, I went back and said, well, what is it that we're seeing that that's causing, what, what are some of the trends that we're seeing of this? That's what I want you to kind of yeah. elaborate from your opinion. So, so there's nothing new under the sun. That's like true. what we're dealing with now, yeah. people have been dealing with since the beginning of time. And Funny enough, before we came on, I was watching a documentary on YouTube with my husband, mm -hmm. and it was a conversation between Cat Williams and Arsenio Hall. And Cat Williams said something that was really powerful. There truly is nothing new under the sun, that this world moves in cycles. Mm -hmm. And if we True. study the history, we'll understand what cycle we're in and what mm -hmm. to expect, what's going to happen next. That's a flat out truth. 
So with the word of God being the truth, as we look through the lens of scripture, these things have been determined to happen, but it was not like they did not happen in the past. Mm -hmm. So when these types of situations that we're experiencing now, whether it's the racism being exposed, you know, whether it is the LGBTQ plus community, whether it's the Black Lives Matter, feminism, all of these different things that are happening, variations of those, these things have happened throughout the course of biblical history. Mm-hmm. And yes, the viewpoints that were not in line with the scripture did rise to prominence and they did rise to power, but they also failed. They, let me, they, let, let, so, me ask you, let me mm-hmm. ask you this, Laquita. Do you think the, the, the things you just named, mm-hmm. do you think that each one of them, we know all have something that conflicts mm-hmm. the word of God. Do you yeah. think that each one of them have something that's right and true? That's what makes them so powerful. Uh, but anytime you have... And I'm, I don't want to call them an occult following. Anytime that you have something that is um, anti-Christ, mm-hmm. anything, anytime something that is uh, an organization, an entity or whatever, mm-hmm. a belief system, mm-hmm. an erroneous belief system mm-hmm. that is contrary to the word of God, mm-hmm. what makes it so appealing to a people group is it has a small degree of truth, mm-hmm. a small degree. Let me say mm-hmm. like this, facts. Because facts can change, but the truth remains the same. And we know that the word of God, it is truth. It never changes. Facts change. And example, when me and you were in school, Pluto was a planet. When my kids were in school, Pluto was not a planet. I didn't get the memo. So when I was helping them study, I was teaching them wrong. And and that fact has changed again. Apparently, Pluto is now a planet. Facts change depending upon who has proved themselves to be the smartest person in the room full of people who think they're the smartest people on the planet. It happens. Facts change in every facet of our life. Truth never changes. I don't care who gets angry about it, who doesn't like it. Truth never changes. So with these with these situations, let's use, for example, the, all of the uproar over the Black Lives Matter movement, especially within the Judeo-Christian community. The fact is, or the truth is, racism in our great nation never went away. True. It never went away. The truth is, in our modern age of having a computer in the palm of our hand, allowing things to be filmed in real time, that people cannot sweep under the rug and hide away, expose things that were really happening. I mean, Rodney King got beat and it got recorded, but somehow they were able to make that go away. But if you have millions of self-made reporters live streaming and popular opinion now beginning to shift, now you have a problem. Mm-hmm. You, you can no longer say it's a one-off. Right. It's not a one-off. It's been systemically here. Now, do all lives matter? Absolutely all lives matter. But if my life truly mattered as much as um, our Caucasian brothers and sisters, then this conversation would never have happened. People get uncomfortable with that in the Christian community. People, uh, some of our Caucasian brothers and sisters, in fact, that matter, some uh, some of our African-American community get uncomfortable with that statement. Why? Because we never dealt with it. Mm -hmm. 
as a church. Mm. We never dealt with it because unfortunately the church was one of the biggest perpetrators of the situation. And so now you have movements like, um, and I will say this as well, I truly believe that the Black Lives Matter movement that is taking place right now is not the original intent of the original movement Mm -hmm. after Trayvon Martin was murdered. Right, it's been hijacked. It's been hijacked. Yeah. But that statement is true. My life matters, Asian lives matter, Native American lives matter, every human matters. So now we have to deal with that truth and we don't want to deal with that truth. So what do we do? We throw all sorts of things to disguise it. We throw all sorts of monkey wrenches, if you will, in there to try to stir the pot, even with the critical race theory Mm -hmm. and all of these different ideologies being lumped under one thing when critical race theory has been being taught in universities for years. It's not the 1619 Project, it's two different things. However, there is a degree of truth to the 1619 Project. That's why you're angry about it. That's why people follow it. So uh, when we're looking at the LGBTQ plus community, uh, for those individuals who um, subscribe to that lifestyle, that is their truth. However, we that have the truth have done a poor job of connecting to them in a real way so that they will know what the real truth is and that um, the word of God and our belief system is not one that is demeaning. It's not one where a God does not love them. We have not done a really great job of expressing the love letter of Christ to people, no matter who, and let's just say people and even people who are doing the poly lifestyles, right? We have not done a great job as a body of Christ of addressing these issues in a loving way, in an inclusive way. Now I'm saying not allowing these things, but just as a parent who loves their child, I love you, but you're not going to keep breaking curfew. You're going to be punished. Right. There's consequences to my actions and the Lord is going to allow us to do what we want to do, but there's consequences to our actions. And so that doesn't come from an unloving God, even in the feminist movement. I've had many, uh, I've been on several podcasts and I I don't completely subscribe to the feminist movement. However, the original intent of the feminist movement and what it is today, it is not the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it happened just like Black Lives Matter happened because there was a problem that was not properly addressed from a Judeo-Christian perspective as the church. It was not properly addressed by the church. It was not properly addressed by government. You can't regulate hate. If somebody's going to hate you, they're going to hate you. You Mm -hmm. can't put laws in place, but you can definitely take away all of the laws that make that hate profitable. And that wasn't done. So even in feminism, it had to happen because you can't just keep treating the cow better than you treat your woman. That, you know, that's just not going to happen. And that's what was happening in a lot of places and it was the seal of approval was on it from the church because the biggest perpetrators were in the church mm-hmm. at that time. And so the feminist movement happened. Yes, from a lot of our woke, my woke brothers and sisters, I fully understand that the original feminist movement was not inclusive of African-American women. We had to go ahead and create our own suffragist movement because we were suffering just like our Caucasian sisters were suffering. However, two wrongs don't make a right. And if the church would have properly addressed it as it should, then now a lot of woke women, especially in the African-American community, would not feel like our faith is misogynistic. 
when it's not. So, I mean, I'm gonna stop right there. Like I said, I got a lot of opinions on a lot of things. Yeah, I, and know. I do too, because every <laughs> one of those topics, I, I have something uh, to say. Even, uh, and, and something that you said, you know, was, was very powerful, and I don't know if people caught it. The church overall has done a terrible job in representing Christ. Yes. And we can't condemn people who have a homosexual lifestyle. Mm -hmm. We have to love them. Exactly. But at the same time, we can't condone the lifestyle. Exactly. So sometimes it someone end up going to the extreme mm -hmm. either way. They either condemn mm -hmm. people uh, mm -hmm. to the point that they turn people off mm -hmm. or they condone it that mm -hmm. people feel like that they can just right. freely do it and it's okay. Mm -hmm. And so like that's a said, happy medium. Right. Correct. And like you said, I can love you. And uh, now I will say this, the, 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 the LGBT community uh, will say, well, I'll say, Hey, I don't, Laquita, you, you, you and the lifestyle, Laquita, I don't agree with that. They will say, oh, you got a phobia, phobia or yeah. you hate. I just don't agree with it. Yes, right. That, and that, so, that's the extreme, right? Right, right. Yeah. So they yeah. take it, you know, uh, I don't agree with a, a D, uh, somebody a, a, a DUI, but that don't mm -hmm. mean I hate you. I don't mean I got right. a phobia. Exactly. I don't agree with a liar. That don't yeah. mean I have a phobia. I don't mean I hate them. I just right. don't agree with the lifestyle. And exactly. So, so people have to be careful uh, in doing that. But to me, that's a tactic. It is. It's a, it's it very a, much is right to, to get you to take down and accept because you're saying that okay you have a phobia or whatever mm -hmm. case may be and and, mm -hmm. and we should be able to love people and say mm -hmm. look i don't i don't agree with you know especially if you have a child and they mm -hmm. in their lifestyle i love mm -hmm. you but i can't i can't agree i can't agree with you yeah. right and and it's no different than any other thing that we don't agree with just like you said you know and that's where i was saying at, at the beginning you know when you're right infringes upon my right mm -hmm. who's wrong right right like you have your right cool do you but i don't have to like it i don't have to agree with it it doesn't make me wrong it means i don't have i now i'm not going to violate your right i'm not going to tell you that because you are of a certain persuasion that you can't work in my company that I won't do business with you. Your money spend just like they money spend. And right. if you want to use my product and service, I'm going to treat you just like I treat any other customer or, or client. That's not the, you know, laws when people who do have that, mm -hmm. that hate in their heart simply because someone believes differently from them, that, that needs to be addressed. Yeah. But just because I don't agree with a certain thing does not mean that I hate you. It just means right. I don't agree with it. Yeah. Right. I don't like the color blue, but that don't mean I hate you because you like the right. color blue. Right. Right. You know, and, you know, and it's, and I, and I will say this, not everyone within that uh, community feels that way, you know, um, and I know it's going to sound corny, like, but every person on the planet probably knows someone that is within the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. And definitely. within their community, they have divisions, just like we have divisions within the African-American community mm -hmm. where they don't all agree. It's yep. just that the people who have the strongest and most radical viewpoints are the ones that have the mic, the airtime, and mm -hmm. the following. True, true. But the more reasonable individuals who who have what's really lacking in the world these days, quote, quote, common sense, they don't have the platforms. 
to be heard and say, okay, no, I, I, you know, I understand. It's like, you know, um, I was having a conversation, a, a couple of friends of mine, their children are in the LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus community and are married, have same-sex marriages, mm-hmm. love them to pieces. And so when I have a question of something I don't understand, mm-hmm. I'm not going to come ask Troy. I'm mm-hmm. going to ask someone within the community so that I can have a better understanding of right. what do you think? How do you feel? You know, what does this mean to you? Help me to understand your process. More conversations like that need to happen right. Um, right. with people outside of the community, especially within people within the body of Christ. Now, these, uh, these lovely young ladies absolutely know where I stand. Mm-hmm and my Judeo-Christian belief, but they also understand that I do love them. Yeah, They know that I don't agree with their lifestyle, but they absolutely know that I do love them. And they freely talk to me. They freely answer my questions. And if they need something, they don't hesitate to ask why, because I mean, I'm best friends with their mom, so they're family. But that's me with anyone. Just because I don't agree with you does not mean I hate you. Right. Yeah. Back to the the identity with, with, with this whole thing we just discussed. Mm-hmm. What could parents do to not allow these things influence the child's identity? Great question. So if I could push rewind, because <laughs> my children are adults, if I could push rewind, it would be having more open conversations. Okay. Now, do what I still regulate because as a parent, it's my job to guard and oversee, mm-hmm. right? True. And so just like um, I would guard and oversee heterosexual, sexually explicit acts on TV mm-hmm. and in music, mm-hmm. I'm going to also guard against those things that mm-hmm. I don't agree with, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to see Betty and Bob on my screen doing that. Just like I don't want to see Bob and Bob and Sarah and Sarah. Because I need to guard my child and let them remain a child as long as possible. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, um, when I deem it fit, then begin to have those conversations. And and in having those conversations, just with the scriptural background, I'm not preaching Genesis to Revelations to my children, but let them know what the word of God says and giving that explanation more in terms of relating it to the parental love, because we, God is our heavenly father. And so he loves us as we are his children, just like I love you, even though you break my rules and you break my rules and there are consequences to you breaking my rules. Like having those conversations with the children at their level, they're where they can understand um, and just believe in God, because at the end of the day, the child is going to make their choice. But having those open dialogues with them means a lot. And letting them freely express themselves back to us. So, do you think that? So, I, I know I did a little different. My son is twenty-eight, so I did a little bit different when he was growing up. Uh, and one of the things what I would tell my son was this: when you know he was a kid, I, I would say, "Hey, son, what do you have to say?" Mm-hmm. I'm giving him liberty mm-hmm. to uh, express himself now. Sometimes he would try to challenge his mom. No, nah, we're not going to do that. Now, you, you can't be disrespectful. Right, you know, right. We're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, breaks right there, sir. Right, yeah. Right, right. Now, if you, if you have something to say, I'll allow you to have something to say when it's time. Now, when I come up, a child wasn't seen or heard. 
You exactly. wouldn't know. It wouldn't know. It was a conversation. You to say. Yeah. yeah, you did what you were told. Uh, and so, but, but but as a child growing up, there were times that I saw stuff, and I could have an intelligent conversation and add something to say something that mm -hmm. I was not allowed. Yes. And so, yes. so I would give my son that opp opportunity. Most of the time, mm -hmm. he wouldn't listen. He still just be running his mouth. So mm -hmm. I had to shut it down mm -hmm. uh, instead of him using wisdom and, and just expressing you know what he what he wanted mm -hmm. and i think that if parents do that because many times uh oh, our kids do things and, and, and make a mistake and so sometime god will show me something and we sing the song amazing grace how sweet the sound who saved a wretch like me blah 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 mm -hmm. he saw beyond my fault and mm -hmm. saw my need yes so sometimes a parent we got to look beyond the fault yes. and see what the child need at that particular yes. time. Sometimes the yes. child don't need you to scream and yell them at that particular time. Right. Sometimes right. they just need for you to hug them. Yes. Or so, a so conversation. True. And so yes. that's just being sensitive to mm -hmm. the child. Yes, you're angry. Yes, you're upset. But sometimes we got to really be, they're, they're, they're human beings too, and look at the need. I can go on and on, Lupita. Yeah. This conversation, I mean, we could take it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I think, like you said at the beginning, we might have to do a part two. I mean, yes, yes, I, you know, yes. We, we, we raised five kids, praise God. And I think we did a bang up job. Now, again, now as, as adults, even when it got to be bigger teenagers, closer to graduating, mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but my husband and I had a lot of reflective moments mm -hmm. on, man, yeah. it was like the closer they got to graduation when they hit that 10th 11th 12th grade year we spent a lot of time reflecting on what i wish i would have done yeah um, yeah and seeing some areas growth areas in our parenting where it like you said we we should have had more of a listening ear. we had what's we had what we call family meetings yeah and so during the family meetings that was the time for them to express themselves not disrespect and right. and with that, with this generation, um, I, we find ourselves often having to define what that means. <laughs> like, <laughs> because it doesn't seem disrespectful to you does not mean that it's not disrespectful to me. Yeah. So that disrespect happens to the ear of the hero, not the one that's doing the talking or the doing. So, well, to you your point, that. well, to your point, you know, uh, the two things I want to say is that number one is, the good thing about having multiple children, you can see the mistakes you made one mm -hmm. and then say two, I'm not going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, so you can, you, you, it gives you opportunities to. It gives, to, I, to, I had them fast, Troy. I had them fast. They like stair steps. <laughs> they <told me. laughs> it was close. It was close. I was making them at the same time. Like, <laughs> but, but another thing that I see in, 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 in this uh, generation is that uh children young people uh and i've ha i've had to deal with this they ignore your call they won't mm -hmm. call you back they won't mm -hmm. respond mm -hmm. uh and to me that's a sign of disrespect very much so when i'm paying that bill you don't know how many phones i have snatched <laughs> right <laughs> what you shot do right yeah. ignore me on something <laughs> right. I'm the bill yeah, i mean you know <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I, and I was, and one of the things I, I, I and they sometimes just go, just ignore you. And I'm like, I would be like, uh, I can, I'm getting treated worse than a bill collector. Right. And, and I'm like, 
uh, y'all need to learn conflict resolution instead mm -hmm. of just avoiding. Yeah. Have a conversation and say, hey, look, that, this is what's bothering me. That uh, part. And can we have a discussion? And, and that and, part. You know, and so uh, just a totally different generation of minds. They, they mm -hmm. will totally just ignore you, won't respond yep. or, or nothing. I'm like, I don't get that. Even if like, I'm not, if my mom, you know, back way, then I'd be like, uh, 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 I, I wouldn't do my mom, but if I just happened to do it, mom, look, this is not a good time for me to talk. Can we talk another time? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's it. Just a simple conversation, and I and I think that that is. I'm not a clinician of any mm -hmm. sort. I'm yeah. just a parent, right? And from my parental perspective, mm -hmm. I think that that comes as a result of having the access to the technology that they have the access to, because human interaction mm -hmm. is a lot more involved than a text message. True. Even telephonic interaction is a lot more involved than a text message or an email. True. You can have a bully on the other end of the keyboard who may or may not ever see you. Yeah. So it's easy to do that. Likewise, it's easy to ignore. I can leave you on unread. Yeah. But I have to deal with you in person. And I think because our generation did not have that access to technology, we had to. I mean, I don't know about you. I used to practice conversations because you, you yeah. got to go home. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. You, you got to go home. You got to go home. Yeah. And then because we didn't have the access to transport like our children do as well, I had to walk home. So usually on that walk home, if it was something that I had said or did, I already knew it was at home before I got there. Then I had to have a conversation with the relevant adults that I passed by that right. knew me. Right, right, definitely. To, to kind of explain my actions. Right. And maybe possibly catch me an advocate. Sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wouldn't get in that much trouble at that. And, and you and you spend time outside. Kids yeah. nowadays don't go outside. They they on they in on the video games. Uh, yeah. uh they don't they don't spend time outside. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's and a totally that, different generation. Totally different generation. And it's the way they communicate as well. Yeah. You know, when they're they could definitely, I could definitely tell the difference, the age of a person when if, I don't care if I've met them or not mm -hmm. um, in person by mm -hmm. the way that they text. Okay. Oh yeah. We, we tend to text in complete sentences. Correct. Yes. <laughs> we might put a little text lingo in here every now and then. Right. Yes. But we tend to text in complete sentences. Right. I had to get a class on text lingo for my children because they were texting and I had no idea what you're, what are you saying, boy? Like, because I've got four sons and one daughter. Like, what you, what you saying? <laughs> Help your mama out. Like, what do you mean? Right. You know, the emojis back when the emojis, you send me a bunch of emojis. What am I supposed to do with that? Right. Yeah, you I know? had to Google some. I, I Googled it and said, what does that mean? I don't know what that right, means. right. So, and it, it's their ability to communicate. And because that's how they communicate all the time, when they're communicating with one another, right. then that spills over into how they um, communicate with, yeah. with other adults. True. And so, uh, as parents, we had to get to the place to where okay i don't lash out in anger immediately you know right. i do my count to 10 yeah. my countdown <laughs> get myself together while i'm right. listening to what you're saying right <laughs> it determining based off of what you're about to say right which way this about to go so like <laughs> but it took a while because like yeah. you said I, I grew up in an age where we did not have that dialogue capability not yeah. all maybe every now and again but right. by and large the norm was no you didn't do that 
So we wanted to make it uh, that what that was the difference that we wanted to have with our children. We wanted them to feel like they can have a dialogue. Now, if we ask one of them, they'll tell you, no, nah, we can't. I promise you they can now. Not the way they wanted to. Right. Far greater than what I could have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just like most um, like most young people do, I know I did it. I yeah. never gonna do that to my kids. Right. Yeah. Right. And I found myself mimicking some of my parents. Yeah. Sure what did. my parents yeah. and my grandparents did, and now my children. And me and my husband, I tell you what, Troy, if you have, do you have grandbabies? Yeah, I have three of them. The blessing of the Lord. Yeah, they sure are. They're the blessing of the Lord. And yes. I watch my grandchildren run my children bananas. <laughs> Deep down on the inside, I had an answer. But I like to let it happen for a little while. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I like to let it happen for a little while. Just to see that facial expression. Yeah, yeah. And our oldest son gave us the most blues. And now he is the father of two daughters and he has a stepson. And they give him the blues. And I watch that. And my my other his siblings, my other children call him the warden. Now he was the kid that screamed the loudest and the longest about what he wasn't gonna do and how we were just the worst people in the planet. And his parenting tactics are so close to me and my husband's it's hilarious like <laughs> and he's reaping what he sold <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> and, and three times <laughs> three times <laughs> oh my son has three uh three boys grand boys and then my wife relapsed and yeah he gonna reap she was only him i said yeah he gonna really reap <laughs> yes jesus like so you know if you're listening and you still raising your children just wait on it yes the yes. lord hear your cry right yeah your grandchildren yes. it, it will come it will come it's and see, so the good calm. thing about grandchildren is you're not responsible for them Exactly. When you get tied up and you can say, hey, come get your kids. Come get, get your kids. You know, you ain't got to come. I'm coming to you. Right. I'm dropping them off. And, you know, it's my job. I told my children, I said, you know what? It's going to be my mission in life to spoil my grandchildren. I'm going to give them everything that you told them know about and the stuff you said that you can't afford. I'm going to pick up your stack if you can't afford it. Right. But no, my intent is to give them everything they want. And so my children's like, why would you do that? Yeah. Well, you did it. I, I remember some conversations that you would have. Yeah. <laughs> both sets of your grandparents, my parents and my husband's parents. And I recall mm -hmm. my parents or my mother-in-law and father-in-law paying us no attention at all. <laughs> about yeah. <laughs> what we said concerning these children because this yeah. was an active duty if my kids called them and told them we were coming and it could be 10 o'clock at night and said mm -hmm. they wanted a cookie mm -hmm. they were going to walmart to get the cookie they were awake and up we got the keys to the house i can get in when i get to mama house right they got the keys in the car going to get the cookie why because the boy said he wanted a cookie guess who going to get the cookies yeah i got the cookie store troy <laughs> Well, uh, everybody listen to this, uh, we, uh, i got to wrap up. Uh, I try to keep this around uh, 30 to 45 minutes and uh, we're going over that. Uh, but this has been an awesome conversation. Uh, as y'all can see, we both are passionate about certain topics. We really can get deep. Uh, we'll come back to a second part of this or a second uh, interview because it's some topics that I really want to dive deep into and have yes. a great discussion on. Uh, and and Laquita, we may even may want to look at maybe doing uh, a panel discussion. 
Uh, oh, that would be nice. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and have these topics. Yeah, and I think that would really be good because I think, you know, people go, we can even share it, especially if we're talking about, you know, a lot of the racial tension that's going on now. Mm -hmm. And maybe some people can really uh, understand uh, where we're coming from. And there's some people that uh, I wouldn't mind even having in that's not even uh, uh, a minority uh, yeah. because they're going to give us a different perspective. A now, different. They, I know they're going to be quiet because they understand yeah. that, you know, everybody's not going to receive what, what, what they're saying, mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. good to have that other perspective, you know, to get a, the opposite point of view. Yeah. Uh, so that may be something we will look at. That I definitely would love to do that. And that having that, it goes back to um, people being stuck inside of their culture or inside yeah. of their upbringing. Yeah. You cannot speak to my black experience if you're not black. Correct. Just like I cannot completely speak to your Caucasian experience or your right. Asian experience or your Native American experience because that's not my culture. Correct. So um, when our um, Caucasian brothers and sisters, the ones that have stopped to listen, mm -hmm. they did look at it and manage to look at it, um, look at what's going on and take away, I don't want to say an entitled lens. They just looked at the truth as it's mm -hmm. actually happening. Yeah. And seeing that it's not a one-off and it is a situation, it is a problem. And the honest truth for them is, uh, I, I, I do not believe that every Caucasian person is racist. I don't need Like that. inherently racist. Yeah, I don't need I, I'm born and raised in Mississippi. Yeah. I know inherently racist. Yeah. We, my town was a sundown town at one point, like, wow, right. You know, it didn't matter whether you worked in certain areas of the city, you knew to be on your side of the city. Yeah. By yeah. the time that sun went down and uh, well, if you look up Macomb, Mississippi, it's actually in a lot of it. There was a lot of bombings going on at that time wow. in my city in the okay. civil rights movement. And, it, and it's in a lot of uh, textbooks. Um, okay as places that you study if you're studying African-American history or that civil rights movement, but all Caucasians are not inherently racist. Agreed. They are Agreed. Caucasian. And so since it was not their lived experience and just like around our dinner tables, around our social circles, mm -hmm. the conversations that were happening, we soaked that in and we believed it until we yeah. had different experiences. Right. And so they soak it in and they believe it until they're presented with different sets of circumstances and have to look at it through a clear lens that's not clouded by somebody else's possibly inherently racist opinion. Yeah, definitely. yeah. So uh, Laquita, two things, uh, final thoughts and tell my audience where they can find you. So I can be found on ma most major social media platforms. It'll probably be just easiest to Google Laquita Mondling. That's L-A-Q-U-I-T-A. Mondley, M-O-N-L-E-Y, and you'll see all things Laquita Mondley pop up, my, my LinkedIn, my Facebook, YouTube. You'll also see my um, podcast, Laquita's Toolbox, pop up, but, and also they can connect with me on my website at laquitamondley.com. If you DM me on social, I do respond pretty quickly. Um, those, uh, if you fill out that contact me form on my website, it generally takes me about 48 hours to get back to of those that contact me through that medium. And my final thoughts will be, you know, we started out talking about the book and knowing who you are. If you don't know who you are, today is the day to begin that search and, and clearly crafting out 
And for me, I, what I would say, in order to understand who you are, you need to understand whose you are. And as a believer, I understand that I am um, a child of, of God. You know, I, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I definitely, I'm here on this planet. He sent me here for a purpose, connecting with him. And he will connect with you and share with you who you are, why you were created, and what you're designed to do. Uh, one other question. When's the book coming out again? The book is coming out June 4th. June. On, you, you'll be able to find it on Amazon and all major book um, retailers online. And, and I will also, leading up to that, if you follow me on social media, you'll see how you can put in your pre-orders here coming within the next couple of days. Uh, you'll start to see where you can put your pre-orders in if you want to get that copy in advance. And you'll also be able to connect with me and order an autograph copy. If you don't want to get it on Amazon, you want to get an autograph copy, you'll be able to order that autograph copy from my website as well as from my link tree. Awesome. Well, you heard it. Uh, Laquita, thank you so much for taking the time uh, out of the uh, your busy schedule. Um, everything that you're doing and having this conversation with me. Uh, when this episode comes out, everyone, please uh, like it, uh, rate it, share it, uh, and reach out to us. You know, if you want to uh, find out more, uh, make sure you connect with Laquita. Also, don't forget the, uh, her, her new book is coming out, uh, but uh, really connect with her. Also, she's on Clubhouse uh, too. So if you're on Clubhouse, make sure you connect with her on Clubhouse. Yes. Well, that's all I got, everyone. Again, thank you uh, for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great and awesome day. Uh, and thank you for listening to this particular episode. Cool.